Hey everybody, it's Kylie Gable. Welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. I'm sorry to say this is going to be a rather quick uh, episode. Um, that's because the audio is actually, it's only about 17 minutes long, but I promise you it is a complete story done by London Kiss. And I want to just talk to you a little bit about that. Um, she's young. It's very clear in her voice. And she had never done anything like this before. And she was very much nervous if her first audio, which was a couple, maybe it was a month back, she was worried it would suck. And so many of you reached out and told her, no, you were really good. I thought you were great already. And she took it to heart. And I want you to see, or actually listen to, what a difference this is. She's gotten a mic now, so we don't have the background noise. But not just that. Well, the first audio she did, she had some some weird pauses. And I think, you know, with her sexy voice and the way she had so much emotion, people are happy to focus on the good parts. But they're all good parts now. This is such a great audio. And she did so much better. And I, I've got to say, it's because of your encouragement. And there are so many places this week where I felt so much encouragement. It's tough. And right now, you know, with my regular job, as well as Candy Apple Press, sometimes it's hard to keep going. And this week, you you really, really helped. I do my numbers at the beginning of the, of the, um, the month, and I saw that somebody had gone and gotten... Um, one of those, you know, use your credits on Amazon, on Audible, I mean, and I get a bounty. And so I got a, a lovely $50 bounty from someone. I had someone buy a whole lot of audios. My cut was something like $160 from the, from the Netherlands. And, and I couldn't appreciate that anymore. Someone else, I mean, they bought one audio, it was a big one, but then they gave me a tip just to say, thanks, keep up the good work. I can't tell you how much this means to me and how much it means to the people who record record for me. Your support is everything. You know, even not just monetarily, because there's this thing, a lot of creative people, and I, I hate to call it creative what I do, but it is. There's this creative thing where if you don't get feedback, you wonder if it's, you know, just going out into the ether, if anybody actually hears this podcast if anybody hears the audios and when when people say wow that was great or i like that but maybe you could do this a little differently that means so much because it lets me know someone is listening and someone is appreciating and, and i can't put a cost on that you know i got a thing uh from anchor about making this a subscription podcast where i could you know charge like a dollar a week and that doesn't sound like a lot of money but i didn't want to do it because I didn't want to cut out anybody, you know? So just thank you for all your support. I appreciate it. It keeps me going. It keeps the women who do this narration going. So here is London Kiss. And like I said, just listen to the difference and realize you played a part in this. You really, really inspired it to really push and keep going and get better. End of relationship. They had been friends since fifth grade and had been there for each other through first loves, first broken hearts, and all the highs and lows that girls can experience in junior high school, high school, and even college. 
Currently, they were both juniors at DuPont, and it wasn't a coincidence that they would wound up in the same university. They were so close. They wanted to experience college together, but they made certain rules. They would never room together, and they would make every effort to not only have common friends, but friends that only belonged to one of them. They wanted to make sure their friendship didn't become a crutch that prevented them from growing in college the way independent young women needed to. One of those friends was a guy named Brian. He was a totally irresponsible fuck-up, but he was also the life of the party, and though Katie had no romantic interest in him, she felt protective of him and loved the way he could make her laugh like no other. Unfortunately, even though Brian was close with Katie, he was not so close with Beatrix. It was also Beatrix's car that he unfortunately threw up in Saturday night. He didn't just vomit. He spewed large quantities of Keystone beer, tequila, wine, a steak burrito, and flan. Beatrix's Hyundai Kona was her pride and joy. And when Brian threw up after she had asked him three times if he needed to stop, she let out a loud shriek. Brian felt horrible, and after he sobered up, he promised he would clean her car good as new. But Beatrix knew that just wasn't possible. She had been out there for two hours trying to clean it herself already. Instead, she demanded $275 to get the car detailed. Brian just did not have that kind of money. When Katie went to defend Brian and beg Beatrix for leniency, things didn't go well. What do you want, Beatrix? asked Katie. He doesn't have that kind of money. If you want to pay for the detailing, we'll pay you back. That's the problem, barked Beatrix. When you say we'll pay it back, you're saying you'll assume his debts. Well, he wasn't your car as my guest, responded Katie. I bear some of the responsibility. How long are you going to keep making excuses for him? Asked Beatrix. You know I'm a loyal friend. I thought you liked that. When are you going to start showing some loyalty to me? Are you saying I haven't? I'm saying that you're not now, replied Beatrix. How can you even say that shit? I'm trying to stand by both of my friends. Well, you're doing a lousy job of it. You know, fuck you, replied Katie before slamming the door on her way out. That evening, Katie was crying under her sleeve as she told her boyfriend, Jared, about the fight that she had with her best friend. It was her first fight since freshman year of high school when they both had a crush on Adam Hollinger. She was just awful, said Katie. What does it matter to her who pays for the detailing as long as it gets done? I know she loves a car, but I never thought she was the type to put things above people. Uh, I hate to say it, but she's always been that way. 
I know she's your friend, but I don't know what you two see in each other. She's always been pretty pleasant with me because of you, but she is such a bitch, replied Jared. I would have been willing to kick him for the detailing, too. <sighs> That's sweet of you. You're a good friend, and I know Brian appreciates you, too. Well, that's what friends do. I thought that was the relationship you had with Beatrix. Uh, I did, too, said Katie, beginning a fresh round of crying. Oh, don't let her get you down. She's such a bitch. Don't even give her any mind. Unfortunately, it was left to Katie to tell Brian that Beatrix was being unreasonable. Jared supported her, of course, letting Brian know just what a petty bitch Beatrix was. In fact, he said it loudly at the student union in front of a large group of people, with plenty of people in listening distance. The fight between the two girls lasted for over a week. They were both stubborn, and it didn't help reconciliation that Jared kept telling her nasty things about what a bitch Beatrix was. Ultimately, a mutual friend named Dee mediated the argument and they repaired the rift in their friendship. For all the tears that Katie had shed when they were fighting, Katie shed even more when they made up. When Jared saw Beatrix and Katie were friends again, he tried to be cheerful about it, but inside he was unhappy about it. He liked to be his girlfriend's best friend, and he wondered if they would ever be as close as Beatrix and Katie were. He was actually a bit jealous of their relationship. Still, he was a dutiful boyfriend, and he acted very supportive of the friends being reunited. Everybody seemed in a good mood until he left with Katie. I'm glad you two are back together, said Jared. It was torture for Katie to be fighting with you. Oh, I think you're going to learn just what torture means, said Beatrix. Excuse me? asked Jared. Don't mind me, I'm just being a bitch, said Beatrix. She sounded like she was making a joke, but Jared heard something more. You two stop it, said Katie as she led Jared out. I think she's out to get me, said Jared before they had taken three stops down the hall. I wouldn't worry about that too much. You did say some horrible things about her, though. Can't blame her for being pissed, said Katie. I told most of them to you. Friends share, said Katie. Besides, you set them in the student center too. She's got a right to be pissed. I was sticking up for you. You think she has a right? I understand where you're coming from, but I'm just saying, if she had a boyfriend talking shit about me, I'd be pissed too. This was hardly comforting for Jared. He couldn't believe that his girlfriend was taking Beatrix's side over his when all he did was support and stick up for her. Still, things went mostly back to normal. Over the next month, Jared and Katie's relationship continued as it had been, and Beatrix and Katie were back to being inseparable best friends. Jared still couldn't shake the feeling that Beatrix was out to get him, but he put it down to paranoia. Katie and Jared had big plans for his fraternity's spring dance. It was the last big dance of the year, and even Brian was expected to show up if his brothers could find him a date who hadn't heard too much about his reputation yet. Jared was glad that he wasn't part of this project. 
I mean, it wasn't like prom or anything. There was no limo, and the dance was only being held about three or four blocks away from Katie's apartment. It was a bit dressy, and Jarrett was in his one suit, a navy one that he purchased for his senior pictures in high school. Katie had several sexy dresses, and he couldn't wait to see which one she'd pick for the night. Jared knocked on the door, and he was greeted by Katie's voice, telling him to come on in. He casually entered the room and was surprised to find not only Katie there, but Beatrix and their friends, Camilla and Keisha. Wow, am I early? asked Jared. Uh, everybody looks amazing. You're just on time, replied Beatrix. What's going on? asked Jared nervously. Payback is a bitch, Jared, and tonight you will be too, said Beatrix. Katie? Jared appealed for help. I told you, said Katie. She's got a right to some payback, sorry. Just as Jared was thinking of making a break for it, Keisha and Beatrix pulled him into the room and Katie locked the door. We need you to take off that suit, Beatrix said, standing with her hand on her hip. We have another outfit for you. Jared looked over to Katie. How could she let this happen to him? <laughs> okay, where is it? He foolishly asked. Beatrix strode over to the coat closet with an evil grin, pulled out what looked like to be a sapphire-colored formal gown. It had a slit all the way up the thigh and was covered in sequins. She chucked it at Jarrett, who caught it. He turned it over in his hands, looking at it like one would monitor a poison snake. No way, said Jared, about to toss it back. I wore that to homecoming last year. I think it's perfect for a bitch. Don't you? Beatrix explained. Now strip and put it on. I'm not going to put that on, insisted Jared. I think he wants the underwear, said Camilla. Of course, said Beatrix, clearly enjoying this. Oh, with the right undies and some sexy Bellanese hussies. You are going to be so hot, girlfriend, Katie added with a chuckle. Jared looked at the skimpy dress and then looked over to Katie. How could she say that to him? Just do it, Jared, said Katie. If you don't, they're going to force you. They couldn't, said Jared. They could, replied Katie. Okay, he said. I'll put on the dress if that's what you want, but then this feud is over. Beatrix and Keisha gave him a round of applause, but Katie stood by shaking her head. Well, I guess I'll go get changed in Katie's bedroom, Jared said nervously, not quite sure if he was really doing the right thing by agreeing to these crazy demands. Not so far, said Camilla, presenting Jared with a small bag. Inside were a bra and panties that matched the dress, some breast forms, and a sheer pair of pantyhose. You would probably prefer stockings, but that slit is just too high, said Beatrix. Now strip. You'll get changed here. Here? But, but... Jared stuttered in a worried tone, 
Beatrix just glared. You know, it's probably a good idea that he removes that body hair first, said Katie. I'll take him into the bathroom and help him take it off. Then I can let him keep his modesty by letting him put on his little panties first. <laughs> Is that acceptable to everybody? Fine, sighed Beatrix. He doesn't have much hair, but no doubt he'll look better with it gone. Well, I... Jared stuttered. He really didn't want to change in front of the girls, and this would provide him at least some privacy, even if it cost him his body hair. Okay, I'll do it. As Jared got naked in the bathroom, Katie ran a hot, lavender-scented bubble bath for him. The warm water would have actually been soothing if it was under different circumstances. As Katie ran her razor up Jared's leg, he finally broke his silence. Why are you taking her side? I'm not, replied Katie. She always gets her way, especially with the guys. By doing this, I can make sure she doesn't get too carried away with things. You're shaving my legs. You don't think that's going too far? The hair will grow back. So she's going to humiliate me in front of you and a couple of your friends, and then we'll be even? Um, something like that, said Katie. Deciding that her boyfriend was sufficiently denuded, she helped him out of the tub and dried him off with a fluffy towel. As he was led back into the living room, Beatrix and her friends couldn't help but laugh at the hairless and floral-smelling guy in the tiny blue lace panties. The girls were soon on him and strapped the bra to his chest, filling them with the breast forms. They only gave him B-cups, but that was plenty. His slender figure and long legs would be perfect in the sexy dress they had picked out. Ordinarily, Jared wouldn't be so glad to get into a sequin gown, but he was relieved to cover up his frilly lingerie. Beatrix pushed his shoulders toward the kitchen table and pulled out a chair, so she could get to work on his face. Just a little makeup for our princess, said Beatrix as she pushed Jared down onto the seat as he meekly protested that he didn't need makeup. Katie watched on as her effeminate boyfriend was given a quick makeover, a little lipstick, some sexy dark eyeliner. Beatrix even had a long brown wig which she crowned him with. No, I can't wear them, please, Jared begged when Keisha strapped his silver sandals onto his feet. She wasn't listening. A knock on the door sent a panic through Jared. He got up to hide in the bedroom, but Beatrix pushed him back down to his seat. Relax. It's your date. I thought I was going with Katie. Sorry, I set her up with one of my friends. Camilla, let Brian in. He was definitely cleaned up, even if the suit wasn't really fitting him properly. We've hidden your male clothes. You probably should not have left them in the bathroom. If you don't cooperate, we will tie you to the statue in the middle of campus and you will become quite the college celebrity. So you really don't have much of a choice, said Beatrix. I'm sorry, dude, said Brian. I didn't have the money to get her car clean. Ah, what a happy couple, Brian. Why don't you kiss your date and then we'll get going, said Beatrix. 
As Brian's lips touched his, Jerry could see all the flashes going off. Filling his friend's lips on his felt so weird. He still couldn't believe what these crazy girls were making him do. Sorry, Jared. Or should I say Jasmine? You kind of had it coming, said Katie. Yeah, dude. Never take sides when two girls are fighting, agreed Brian. So that was London Kiss with a short story that was in uh, Force Femme Quarterly from June entitled He Should Have Minded His Own Business. Um, it's available for sale on Clips for Sale. And uh, I really, I love this audio. I can't wait to have her record more for me. Um, I do have an audio in from, from Jen Davis, and it's a long one. I don't know how much it's going to make the podcast, but it's about an hour. And Mr. DJ is recording her own story, Rubbermaid. And, of course, we should have Shayla coming up soon. She's overdue. And uh, I need to get new audio out to Raina, and I need to get something else out to London. So I love just having a great you know, a group of women who can do these things for me because they do such an amazing job and they all bring something different to the table. So thanks again for all your support. It meant so much to me this week. I can't repeat it enough. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Monday. Well, no, I won't. I always say that. I, I'll uh, be here next Monday and I hope you will be too. Take care.